we are live. And I believe we are live. Uh, you are listening to Down to the Wire. I'm Brian Costa. I'm Carter Adams. And we got a pretty good show for you tonight. Uh, obviously, we, obviously now we are back in the Newport house. Uh, we are not in Coughlin Center right now, and that is for, you know, you could probably suspect the reasons. Carter, you want to take it? <laughs> well, we're in quarantine. Yeah, we're back in. We're in a. We're in an actual quarantine this time. Uh, we're awaiting our test results to see. You know whether we can eventually get back in the Koffler Center. We are in some close contacts right now, but you know, hopefully everything goes well. Hopefully we don't have to do a show from Cumberland. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know, you know, we can only hope for the best. That's all I can say. We got a lot of stuff to talk to talk about on the show tonight. Carson Wentz is now an Indianapolis Colt. For, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. signed a mega contract Johnny with the San Diego Damon Padres. is now a convict. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was just broke. So we'll be getting into all that tonight. But we start off with a topic that's usually very boring to a lot of people. But, you know, a lot of people have been paying a lot of attention to it now. And that is the weather. The weather. The weather is, you know, whenever you see the weather on TV, we're usually just like, eh, skip. Nev never mind. But, you know, with this certain situation, we have uh, – we now officially have, uh, you know, the weather down in – we have the weather down in Texas and just all across, you know, the southern part of the United States. It's freaking snowing down there. It's it's absolutely ridiculous right now. Uh, have you just seen all the craziness going down oh, there? Oh, yeah, there's a lot going on in Texas right now. It, it is off the wall. It's fun to watch, though. Mm -hmm. It's nice to see a state like Texas. Well, <laughs> I can't say it's nice to see a, a state like Texas. Obviously, snow, obviously, but... we hope, we hope. We hope no one dies. Hope. Well, no. Got to yeah. say that. We, well, we hope we, everyone's okay. Yeah. We got to hope everyone stays alone. Right. Any deaths. No. Any, doing anything no damage stupid in the snow. For, we don't want anyone to be harmed. Uh, but for the people that are saying this is the – but for the people who have houses, who have everything that are saying that this is the worst thing ever, uh, you've never been to New England. And you've never – we get two feet of snow in a night. That's true. Yep. So uh, we hope that everyone is okay. We – Really pray to God, uh, but we hope that you know everyone can make it through, and this isn't this. Hopefully, shouldn't be the worst thing in the world. <laughs> if we could send you guys some plows, some salt trucks, we would. But unfortunately, you're Texas, <laughs> and unfortunately, we can't because we are again in quarantine. <laughs> that's true. Uh, but uh, you know that. But that's kind of something we wanted to start off with tonight. Major cultural event going on there. Uh, but you know, now shifting over into the sports world, we start off. We start off in the NFL. And obviously, you know, we heard uh, over the past week of the tragic passing of former Chargers and Buccaneers wide receiver Vincent Jackson. Uh, he was 38 when he passed away. He was found he was found in his hotel room. Uh, apparently now it is being rumored that he had suffered an alcohol related overdose. Uh, his family is now saying that he has that he had chronic alcoholism and his brain is now going to be sent off to be examined for CTE. Uh, really tragic death, man. It, I mean, I, I, I really do kind of remember the guy, you know, he I never really remember him absolutely starring out but he was a very very good wide receiver and obviously that's not important right now obviously our thoughts and prayers are with his family we hope that everything is we hope that you know they can get through this yeah definitely i mean it's always sad to see someone uh pass away yeah in the sports world but um, i'm not too familiar with vincent jackson i didn't really get to watch him a lot growing up but yeah. it's always sad when someone like that passes yeah no it's it's very tragic and i mean it kind of just it kind of reiterates the whole cte narrative that the nfl is going through i mean we had that movie concussion with will smith forget how many years ago it was now and it and it's almost showing even more relevance now than ever uh it's just kind of crazy to see it's a very sad sight uh and you know it's kind of a, a somber thing to start the show off with in a way but i feel like we did need to talk about it because it you know it is it is a very tragic kind of thing to exactly have. it's mm -hmm. a heavy hit for the sports world mm -hmm. you know uh you know to try to transition things uh you know out of this out of that dark spot in football some crazy news did go down in the nfl carson wentz the former philadelphia eagles quarterback is now the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. Indy sent, uh, Indy sent Philly a 2021 third-round pick and a conditional 2022 second-rounder that could become a first. So at, at max value, they, uh, the Colts, the Colts uh, got Carson Wentz for a first and a third. What were your thoughts when you heard that this deal was going through, man? Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> why didn't Philly want more? That was the first thing that I thought. Yeah. Carson Wentz... Uh, recently hasn't been showing a, a lot of promise as, as an eagle but yeah. uh, in the past he's definitely done his work yeah. i'd say in the past meaning one season probably yeah exactly but uh i think the guy's still got talent i think he just needs to be coached in the right way he's got to have uh, a good headspace and i think the cults are honestly the perfect fit that's where i wanted him to go yeah i mean it's really is kind of a dream fit for the guy i think that he's gonna you know i think that he will have some some success in indy i mean 
for anyone who's kind of been down on Carson Wentz, they really forget the guy he was when, you know, back in 2017 in that MVP race, you know, before before he ended up injuring himself at the Coliseum in Los Angeles. I think I've said this, you know, a couple times now. He was he, It was literally between him and Brady for the MVP race. So, I mean, you know, if he could ever get back to even a, to even a percentage of that, he could be he could be a big factor. Yeah, and I think it's honestly something that's a little more than football. When you watch another guy take your team to the Super Bowl like Nick Foles did, I don't think it's an easy thing to come back and recover from. I think he just needs to change the scenery to be the person he was before. Yeah, no, I mean, if the, if I mean, and he's surrounded by plenty of weapons there. He's got he's he's got T.Y. Oh, Hilton. Yeah. He's got Jack Doyle. He has a great O line around him, which you know he really didn't have in Philly. You know, towards the end. And even kind of in the beginning, he had some key pieces. But this O-line in, in Indy is really going to help him out a lot. I had some I had some Indy fans, you know, in our DMs basically saying that they're really pumped about this move. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you know, uh, for a guy that was kind of, uh, you know, written off a little bit for the rest of the league to have, you know, that energy kind of come back is really is really kind of cool to see. It's great. I mean, I, I wish the guy the best. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, uh, but now that he's out of there, Jalen Hurts is now the starting guy in Philly. What are your conf- – what are your, how, how confident do you feel in him, really? I think in Philly, it, it all depends on how confident the fans are in him. Yeah. If, if he's surrounded, like Carson Wentz obviously was not in the right spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, fans were not giving him the respect he deserved, and that came out on the field. I think Jalen Hurts, he's fresh, new set of legs that they haven't seen a lot of. I think he shows a lot of promise, and if the city loves him, he's going to thrive even more just because it's Philly. Yeah, I mean, he does seem to have some some passing capabilities, which are which is good. He seems like a tougher version of a Kyler Murray. You know, definitely. You know, Kyler definitely probably has him in the speed factor still. But you know, Jalen does look a lot more durable and probably mm-hmm. can absorb many, much like a lot more of those, a lot more of those, you know, crucial hits. Yeah. So I think that if you have that going, I mean, you know, the sky's the limits for Jalen Hurts, and I think you know it's a great, it's a great new start for Carson Wentz. Perfect situation for him. I hope, I hope, I hope the best. Uh, but now that he's, but now that he's officially off the quarterback table. Uh, you know, where you're wearing the hat, uh, you, know, you know, the New England Patriots, we still don't have a real answer at what we're going to do at quarterback. Are yeah. we are we bringing back Cam for for a round two? You know are I, we are we going for Jared Stidham? Are we, you know, are we do, trying to get Mac Jones? Who I mean, who the hell are we going to get? I really wouldn't mind another crack at it with Cam. Really? I, I wouldn't care. I mean, what, what do we have to lose? There's we already had what a seven to nine season. Yeah, right? you can't really. You can go downhill yeah, from there. Yeah, you can go downhill. For the Patriots, you you can't really go downhill from there because they just didn't live up to anything this year. Yeah, no, they completely just like you know fell short of all expectations. It was yeah. it was pretty ridiculous. It's it's really no risk with an unknown reward. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people though think Cam is just shot. A lot of people think that he's just which is possible. I mean, his mind from social media at least does not seem too focused on football most yeah. of the time. You know, he kind of doesn't seem to like he's as in it as he was before. But, mm-hmm. you know, the guys, there's always that potential that he could turn it around. I mean, I just, I just have a lot of doubts right now whether that's going to actually happen with Cam Newton. Definitely. I, I, w- I wouldn't mind exploring some other quarterback options. I don't know really about too many of the veterans on the market right now because if you, if you're going after one of these veterans, you're going to have to pay him a, a good boatload of money. And at that point, I'm just like, well, you should have paid Tom Brady that money. Exactly. So, if you're going to get a guy, you're, you're going to end up getting him on the cheap. If you go to the draft, there's some options there. If Mac Jones slips to you at 15, that could be a solid pickup. I I, I, I kind of have some questions about Mac Jones and his playability. I don't know if – I have some questions about him slipping to 15 too. Yeah, true. He could go very early. But I also just – I'm also trying to figure out whether or not he is a product of Alabama. Definitely. There's it, a lot it, of it's questions. It's possible. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of like questions. like those Ohio State quarterbacks. They just don't transition to the league well. Exactly. I mean, Tua is something we will have to see. Exactly. Jalen Hurts is something we'll have to see. But, you know, traditionally, a lot of the Alabama quarterbacks, as of late, you, you think of A.J. McCarron, who pro- really never did get a shot. But, you know, traditionally, you know, up until I think Hurts and Tua, you know, the Alabama quarterback situation really really wasn't producing, like, league-ready material. Yeah, it's whoever can throw to the the real prospect. To, to the star to the star receiver. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's really what that's what the game was. But um we'll have to see what happens. I I'd love for Mac Jones to slip down to fifteen. Yeah. But I it's for me, honestly, I'd prefer if the Pats would either keep Cam, give him one more shot, one more season, or go to the draft. Okay. Is there any is there any thought in your mind that they that you want to see Stidham or no? Or do you think Stidham's N- done? No. I don't want to see Stidham. I yeah. think Stidham was a, a late pick in the draft. I don't think – I think he was just overhyped as someone that could come in and just do it. But mm-hmm. he's a late-round draft pick. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I agree with you. No, yeah. I, I do. I mean, there's a reason why he went there. 
Yeah, I mean, well, some people were saying, you know, before his injuries and some and some other things, he would have been, you know, I think in last year's draft, they were saying that he would have been the second highest quarterback taken after a guy like Burrow or oh, two. Really? Okay. They were saying that he, they, but obviously Herbert came out and completely shattered expectations. <laughs> yeah. So that wasn't really, yeah. so I mean, going into the season now, that's not what, that's not the storyline. But, you know, if I, you know, it's, I think it's now Stidham's third year in the league. So, I mean, if he's going to show anything in a preseason, I mean, he's got to show it now. Otherwise, you know, we really do have to move on. You know? Right, yeah. And, you know, I don't – I'm not really the biggest Cam guy. I think that from what I saw last year, it doesn't look like that passing motion is getting any better. Uh, but, you know, if they can find an offense and tailor it around them, then, you know, I'm fine winning a football game anyway. But I just don't know if that's going to be Cam, Cam Newton football. No, you're right. And you talk about that pass motion. That's the only thing I think of when I think of Cam Newton in that pass The offense. ugliest freaking pass It's horrible. It, it, and it's gotten worse over the years, too. Yeah. The man cannot throw the football the correct way. It's atrocious. It, it impacts his accuracy. Mm-hmm. He, it's frustrating because it's a guy with so much potential. So oh, much my God. Promise. We've I mean, seen it in the past. Former league MVP. Take a step when you throw, man. Like, you can't throw with he your feet planted. He literally can only throw in the backfield or a deep ball. Anything over 10 yards is is almost hitting the offensive lineman exactly. in the head. It's, it's, real, it's yeah. very bad. Or it's bad. going through the uprights. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very bad. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's kind of our thoughts on, on the Wentz situation, the Patriots quarterback situation. Uh, another quarterback where there's going to be no problem with his job security uh, coming up, even though he did lose the Super Bowl, uh, even though his team did lose the Super Bowl, that is Pat Mahomes. Uh, he had himself a stellar season. You know, his team couldn't, unfortunately, get it done in the big game. Tom Brady just proved why he is that, why he is the GOAT, why he, you know, just – why he deserves to be a seven-time champion, and he went out and he beat him. Uh, but, you know, there was something that I saw, you know, recently from Pat Mahomes that really kind of just – it rubbed me the wrong way. That's the only thing I can describe it as. And, you know, I think a couple days ago, the NFL released their top 100 plays of the entire season. So, you know, this is going back from, you know, literally the regular season to the Super Bowl. The the 100th play, so the, so the, so the, so the last play in the top 100. So I'll give it credit for this was the you remember seeing this role oh, it was definitely. it was Pat yeah. Holmes you know scrambling about and he goes and he goes side and he basically ends up going sideways and throws the ball like a shortstop almost in a way just like completely parallel to the ground across across the across the, you know the gridiron and you know it gets to the end zone but it but it's an incompletion it goes out it it I think it hits Tyreek Hill or McCole Harmon right in the hands literally and it's right an, in the face and it's and it's an incompletion and I'm just like you know what very athletic play, awesome, you know, awesome athleticism on that. I love a guy who tries for that, but that plays an incompletion that should not be on the NFL's top 100 plays. Oh, I completely agree. That was ridiculous. I saw that and I, I was just like, wait, is there was there another play in the Super Bowl that I didn't like see Pat Mahomes do? And I was like, wait, it's that play? Like that's a that's a non that I was like that play is technically a failure. Yeah. And you know, I was talking with my I was talking with my friend John Warren about this last night, and and he literally said to me like. He said to me, he kind of put it in baseball terms, and he said, "You don't reward, you don't reward foul balls." You're right. He literally said that to me, and I was like, "I was like, that is the perfect, you know, microcosm of this of this kind of thing," and it's also kind of a, and it's also kind of showing what I think is going to become a, I, I, what I at least think is becoming a problem within the league, and it's that I think the NFL is starting to develop Mike Trout syndrome with Pat Mahomes. Now, no, you're right. I was starting to kind of explain this to you, and I don't know if I did it clearly for anyone who's wondering what it is. I'll kind of, I'll kind of give you the gist of it. So Mike Trout syndrome, at least in by my definition of it, uh, is you know the MLB. They are very good at hyping up Mike Trout. Anything he does is is a highlight reel. Anything you know, it, whether it's him signing autographs or doing or making the spectacular captures, which deserve to be highlight reel plays, he's able to do it and he gets on the highlight reel. The problem with that is that the NFL is that the MLB doesn't know how to publicize any of the other players effectively. Now the NFL is able to do this. They're able to do it with Brady, with Rodgers, even with the running backs and stuff like that. What I'm afraid of, though, is that if the NFL starts to go down this path, they're going to lose that marketability. I, I, I have some faith that it's not going to be as bad, but it's not but it's not the best look because guess what? It was a very good play by Pat Mahomes. Maybe you look back on it, you know, in a couple years and, and you say, man, if he made that if he made that completion, that would have been really something there. And it's like one of those things that you look back on. But it's not a top 100 play. And I think by doing this, like you put yourself in a really kind of weird situation. No, I agree. It shows a lot of, of the modern the modern progression of the NFL and, and yeah. how they like to do that with players. Oh yeah, uh, especially Pat Mahomes. Oh yeah, they, they they absolutely love Pat Mahomes. And I mean, granted, Pat Mahomes is yeah. an amazing player. It's like the, the fans I mean, show that little bit of interest, and 
They're gonna they're gonna take it off. Yeah, no. And here's the thing. This is the other part of Mike Trout syndrome that I forgot to explain to you about. So again, I think Mike Trout is an awesome guy. Not only is he, is he a great player, he's an amazing person. He gives back. He gives back to 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 his community. I mean, he's he. I think he said that he tries to sign. He tries to sign. You know, a ball for any guy for any fan who comes in the stands because he's just like, I want to try to do everything I can. I want to be. You know, these I want to you know really be an idol of these guys. So I, I applaud Mike Trout for that. And it, this isn't Mike Trout's fault. This is the MLB's fault because they only know how to hype up Mike Trout. It eventually just becomes tiresome to the MLB fan. It's just like, you know, you know, to average baseball fans, it's just like, yeah, it's Mike Trout, it's Mike Trout. But to other baseball fans, you're just like, can you guys like, find, can you guys like publicize any other freaking player? Yeah. I don't even like a guy like Manny Machado, but if you, but if you really like, we're able to get his name out there, at least you could say that. You know, we're going to be talking about uh, we're going to be talking about you know another player in a sec uh, who I think could become the face of baseball very very soon. I hope they're able to publicize him like this. Uh, but you know, I feel like you just need to find a way to you know publicize these guys a little better. That's just my personal. No, you're right. I'd, I'd hate to see the NFL. I mean, I think they're far from it. Yeah, I'd hate to see them go down that path that the MLB is on right now, where it's where it's like where it's just like we only know how to hype up Pat Mahomes. Yeah, and any other guy basically is just irrelevant. It's just it's just the Pat Mahomes show, which is what baseball's become at this point. Yeah. It's just the Mike Trout show. Exactly. You said it to me that you said it to me. You know, the only baseball player I really know is Mike Trout. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, you kind of said that to me. And, Honestly, I mean, and yeah. you said, and you had said that you were kind of able to, like, name the Texas Rangers, like, starting lineup back from, like, 2009 because you were, like, yeah. really into baseball. Back in the day, yeah, when everyone was collecting trading cards and everything. Yeah, the entire Texas Rangers lineup, I, I can name it, me and my brothers, all of us. Yeah. But um, times have changed, man. Dude, I mean, it's just the way baseball's gone. And I think, you yeah. know. You know, that's what happens when all the players go off the steroids. <laughs> you know, that's, exactly. that's just what happens. You know, yeah, it's baseball just, gets clean, and I guess so does the fan base. <laughs> yeah, you know, it just cleans house. Yeah. You know, and, you know, unfortunately, you don't get those uh, those everyday fans, and you still got the diehards like myself. I'll still be watching baseball, you know, regardless of who it, who's in it because I love the sport. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's just the, that's just kind of the give and take with all that stuff, unfortunately. Yeah, it's, uh, it's sad. Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of the give and take with that. Uh, but – before we do actually officially transition to MLB, that was kind of an illusion with the Pat Mahomes play. Uh, but before we do officially transition to MLB, uh, in the NFL's absence, uh, you know, there has been a new uh, football league created. It's the Fan Control Football League. And it basically, basically what it is, is I guess you go on Twitch and there's an app that you can get. And you can, you can essentially, you know, vote on what play you want the team to run. And they will run that play on that on that thing. It's a very kind of cool cool league. I mean, you have guys like Marshawn Lynch as announcers. You have Quavo, who I think is an owner of the team. I think Richard Sherman is too. It's a very very unique type of thing. Uh, but one of the things that's kind of stolen the show so far is the fact that Johnny Manziel is on the field. He is the quarterback of one of the teams, yeah. uh, and he I think he I think he plays for the Zappers. That's the name of the team he plays for. And he kind of, and he already said to us that he's going to be going with the win lose we booze mentality of it all. He doesn't care what. What happens? He's going to be just absolutely gunning for it. The perfect spot for Johnny Manziel. Oh right? yeah, I it's mean, like real life Madden. It's, it's <laughs> kind of cool to see another football league like come come to the surface like this. Yeah. But, um, I probably won't be watching. I don't. I it's. It, I mean, you know, we, when we when we originally started down to the wire, we kind of were saying that you were that you were our XFL guru. Yeah. I mean, you you were you were the biggest fan for sure. I was. You yeah. got a, you got us into I it. I love you know? the idea. Yeah. I mean, we. I mean, we all became St. Louis Battlehawks fan very, very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, you know, I just don't think this league kind of has that kind of uh, that kind of support behind it to really mm -hmm. survive. You know, it's very similar to arena football, which I really liked because you know, it kind of it kind of combines football with hockey because you can just check yeah. guys in the boards, and it kind of it's kind of similar to that. But I think just the whole fan controlled aspect of it, the fact that it's on Twitch, which I think is going to be a, is going to be a possible you know network down the line. But I think right now. It's just not. It's just yeah. not there. I was just about to say. Um, I think they definitely got to start marketing this football league towards the younger generation. Like, oh yeah. Like with the Bleacher Report overtime season, like those kind of yeah. things. Like, it, like if you the, could find the next generation, that. like the Spencer Din or um, what's his name? <laughs> Spencer, uh, Spencer, Spencer Rattler fans. Spencer Dinwiddie. <laughs> <laughs> no, wrong sport. The Brooklyn but, Nets. <laughs> the yeah. Brooklyn Nets point guard. Spencer Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, you're good. You know what I mean. No, I agree with you. I mean, if you could get market it to that younger generation, and they'll go nuts for it by the time they're our age. Oh yeah, they they'd be all for it. But yep. you know, it's it's also tough to start a whole new football league in the middle of a pandemic. That's not going to be easy by any measure. So but fans can vote right from home on the plays, and I think now 
that's a cool that's that's cool oh yeah i yeah. i agree uh but you know that's kind of it's it's an interesting it's an interesting premise uh, you know, we're gonna have to really see how how far this is able to go. Does it have enough money behind it, mm-hmm. if it, so that way it could continue even if fan support is down, or did, or did someone just say, hey, let's just kind of start this thing, and it's just like, ah, oh, shoot, we just ran out of everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that happens with so many you know amateur sports leagues that start up, and it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever if that became the case here. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, before we transition, I don't know. I, can't, I actually can't remember if we watched it or if we talked about this last week. Um, Chris Hogan. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're you're completely right. I don't yes. I, th- I don't think we've got the chance to I talk didn't about see that. It on there. Chris Hogan is now a pro lacrosse player. Yeah, so I mean, he he started off his lacrosse career at uh he was he he was uh I think going to probably be a pro lacrosse player at Penn State. You know, in his in his NFL NBC Sunday Night Football intros, he would always take he would always say Chris Hogan, Penn State lacrosse. Yep. And that was always kind of like one of the cool like little things to throw in there because it would just be like lacrosse like yeah. okay all right man you he do me as a lacrosse player oh yeah 100 percent. and you know he's i think he's 33 now he's officially retired from the nfl and he's entering the pro lacrosse the pro lacrosse uh league and it's great i love it he's gonna be the face of that league he's gonna <laughs> be the only people the only person that people know he's gonna I, be only a person he's gonna absolutely tear it up he's gonna too. be the only person i know he's i mean only 33 yeah he's I mean, still young yeah he's still a young guy and yep. i mean I don't know. I don't know exactly what lacrosse does to the body, especially when you're older. I mean, it's it can have some some of its violent moments, but let's be honest, it's nowhere near being a receiver. Nowhere near that. I mean, Chris Hogan is you know he's had his fair share of going over the middle and maybe a couple hospital passes here and there. He knows what it's like to actually get hit. Yeah. I don't think that you know lacrosse is going to be that much of an issue for him, and I think that he, I wish him the most success. Dude, me too. I mean, good for him. I think this is the perfect thing he could do at this point in his career. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm glad you remembered that because I did put a post out about that, and I was like, this is freaking awesome. Yeah. Like this is th- like that is actually something really cool to see. Can he be? Uh, can he be the uh, like one of the next you know multi-sport athletes who can do both? I hope so. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, th- that was a great thing to kind of throw in there. I completely forgot about that. Uh, but, you know, now in now kind of transitioning over into MLB news, uh, we, we were kind of hinting at it at the start of the show. Uh, the Padres signed, uh, twenty I think, 22, 23-year-old shortstop Fernando Tatis Jr. to a 14-year, $340 million contract extension. That's going to be paying him. Shoot, I gotta do the freaking math on that. Uh, but I, I uh, yeah, that's gonna be paying him a lot of freaking money. That's all <laughs> I can say. Uh, but by the time the contract expires, guys like LeBron are gonna be fifty. Tom Brady's gonna be fifty-seven. Like, oh, man. like, but he'll he'll still be like winning rings though. So like, yeah. it's not gonna be. It, it won't be an issue <laughs> Most for him. Most likely, yep. he'll, he'll still be. He'll probably just. He'll be back on the Patriots by that point. Easy. He'll end up. You know, he'll probably have ten rings by that point yep. at least. So, you know, it won't be a problem for him, but. This is going to pay the guy through his age, I think, 37 season. So he's going to be locked up for a while. Like, Good for him. I mean, dude, he's only 22. He's our age, basically. And, that's, and he, yeah, that's security right there. You yeah. Know, you got a job for 14 years, and you're making a lot, a lot of money. And a lot of that is guaranteed, too. A lot of that is yep. freaking guaranteed. All I can money. hope is that the Padres can win a World Series. Mm-hmm. Now, the unfortunate part of that, too, um, you know, in Mets news, They'll still be paying uh, Bobby Bonilla, who I don't know if you know about that whole situation back in like the nineties. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that, yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, Bobby Bonilla was a outfielder with the Mets. You know, back I think in the late nineties, early two thousands, uh, and they wanted to basically get rid of his contract so that way he could, so that way they could sign more players. It was only worth I think like three or so million at the time, maybe a little more or a little less, give or take. And they basically told him, "Hey, we're going to defer your payments to like I think twenty eleven is when it started, or maybe a little earlier." And they said, they said, you know, with an interest with an interest rate, we'll just keep on paying you. I think until 2035. So, you know, and basically they're going to be paying this guy. They pay him, I think, like one point, you know, two something million dollars every single July. Yeah. You know, and but and you know, this seems like a long deal to us. But for this guy, he'll be, you know, I think in his late 70s, still making money off this deal. Yeah, that's a hell of a deal. Imagine being that young and just. Yeah, sure. I'll take that money in the future. Like, oh yeah. Why not? And you know, that's like one of the most brilliant business yeah. moves of all time figure it out for 20 years and then start making millions once you're at the real retired age yeah and it's just like it's like you just have enough financial stability to stay on your feet you can live a pretty nice lifestyle i mean smart yeah like it's a very smart move and i mean you know even if he end up if even if he does you know pass on at any, any point his children are still going to inherit that money so you know he's a grandfather right now and he's just living the life living it yeah. you know good for him man Amazing. that is yeah. awesome to see uh you know uh, now also in minor, also now kind of in minor league, somewhat professional baseball news. 
uh, you know, former Florida, former Florida Gators quarterback and former uh, NFL quarterback, Tim Tebow has officially announced his retirement from professional baseball. He played five seasons in the minors. Uh, he batted 226. He had 210 hits, 18 home runs, and uh, he last played in 2019 because uh, in 2020 no, there was no minor league season, so he didn't play last year. Uh, but he was one. But he was one uh, major league. But he was one minor league level league level away from the majors. So he was in AAA. If he was to get called at the next level, he he would have been in the MLB. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, I don't think that he was. Pro, I mean, batting two twenty six. That's not really that deserving to be in AAA. So I'm just going to say that I don't know exactly what his final AAA stats were. I think yeah. he played about like seventy games there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, to be that close to the freaking majors and to be Tim Tebow, that's insane. Like I don't know about your thoughts on this. Uh, I mean, I remember, I remember when I heard that he was going to be trying out for baseball, and when the Mets signed him, I was like, "This is just pure comedy." Uh, but you know, credit to the guy; he he stayed through it. He really, you know, perf- he really tried to perfect his craft, and he really worked hard. So yeah, I mean, you're right? Yeah, it, his stats are really not that bad. And yeah, so, no. I mean, good for him. Yeah, he did really well. Yep. Uh, you know, shoot, one sec. <laughs> I do kind of feel like Tim Tebow in, in baseball was more just publicity and a name. I mean, he from what I heard, he really was trying to make it. Oh, he was, yeah. But he was really trying to for make any that of it. You said that batting average is not, no. not really good enough to be AAA. So it's I mean, it's it's not even really that good enough to be before kind of COVID. Bring majors. some fans in, right? Yeah. I mean, I kind of wish that you know the Mets. You know, if COVID hadn't been a thing, I'm just like they should have brought him up towards the end of the season. You know, just to bring fans to the stadium yeah. and just be. I mean, you would have sold out. They would have. Everyone would have just been like, Tim Tebow's going to take an event in a major league stadium? He's actually going to do that? Yeah. Holy crap, we're going to the game. I would have bought a ticket if I could. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you know, New York's only a short driver, man. I actually have his Mets jersey. You have a, you have, you have well, a Tim Tebow well, Mets jersey? it's not a jersey. It's a, it's a T-shirt, but I do have a Tebow <laughs> Mets shirt, yes. That's awesome. I did yeah. that. Really? It's too small for me now, but yes. Dang. That's, got, got it in New York City. Yep. That's actually hilarious. Yeah. No, I mean, I remember, I remember, when, I remember when he um, – uh, when he left the Jets and went to the Patriots in that preseason, do you remember? Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Do you remember like that offseason? Sixth grade, yeah. I mean, I was just thrilled. I mean, even though I loved Tom Brady, I was just like, we just got Tim Tebow. <laughs> uh, and even just having him as a backup, I was like, again, like obviously Tim Tebow, his NFL career never really worked out that way. But just even the thought of having Tim Tebow as a backup quarterback and just having the guy on the field, I preferred him over Ryan Mallett, who, let's let's be frank, you know, he sucked. Yeah. You know, he just yeah. wasn't any good. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, in comparison to Tim Tebow, it was just like you're going to have this awesome guy just as a back of a quarterback. And, you know, at the start of that season, I forget which one it was. I think it might have been 2013. Uh, Brady actually got injured in practice, I think, against the Saints. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people thought – and actually a lot of people were saying, like, oh, Brady just tore his ACL again. Like, they thought he was out for the year and it was going to be Tim Tebow taking yeah. over the Patriots. Oh, man, that would have been a story. And I remember yeah. just hearing about that, and I was just like, you know what, I was glad the, the Pats signed Tim Tebow, but now Brady's injured. I was like – I was like, take it back, take it back, and then, and then you know, once it, we found out that Brady was healthy, and I was like, oh, we'll keep, we'll keep him around. For some reason, they decided that they wanted to stick with Ryan Mount, who at, at this point I think is also out of the league, and you know, didn't really have the greatest NFL career. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's actually out of the league now, and uh, you know, t- and they ended up cutting Tim Tebow at the end of that preseason. I'm, I kind of still wish that they had brought him in, even. He, at the end of the day, he probably wasn't that good, but you know, I, it would have still been fun yeah, to see. I think his NFL career could have been revived if he was uh, willing to play another position. I, yeah, I heard a lot of things like, "Oh, Tim Tebow would be a killer fullback." Like, he would be a killer tight end. Yeah, like no, I mean he he was kind of that. He kind of was that guy. I mean, you know, a lot of people thought that the Pats were going to run like some. If he stayed on the team, they thought they were, they were going to run like some two point conversion plays with him. Mm-hmm. They thought that. Oh, maybe we maybe we line him up on the goal line uh, because you know this was uh I think it was either right before they expanded the extra point uh the extra point field goal back or or I think it still was in play, but they were like we could line Tim Tebow up in a formation have Brady out there you could like throw it to him Tebow could throw it in the end zone like there were just some like crazy ideas being thrown back and forth. I remember when he I remember when he was with the Jets, he um uh, I think they actually tried to have him you know play some receiver for a little bit and they like tried some plays out with him and Mark Sanchez. Uh, Mark Sanchez, uh, uh, but you know, uh, <laughs> Mark Sanchez, that's a name yeah. that is a throwback of a name. I remember just hearing that Mark. I hear it and I hear butt fumble. <laughs> that's the only thing I think uh, I hear that. And I, I hear, I hear a butt fumble. And I also remember that there was a game, I think in 2012 where he fumbled in overtime, basically to seal the deal. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that one too. 
and obviously no offense to Mark Sanchez. He's, I mean, you know, obviously has more talent than I'll ever have to, uh, to play the quarterback position. Yeah. Uh, you know, just being on the Jets, I think, you know, that, that he just humored me as a, he just, I basically just had to root against the guy. Yeah, no. And any, and any time I saw him fail as a Pats fan, it made me feel joy that, that nothing, nothing towards the guy as a person, but you know, you're on the Jets. I know exactly Sorry, what you mean. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. I'm just like, gotta, you gotta, you gotta show that hometown pride. <laughs> uh, but you know, you know, Tip Tebow, he had a complete, he had a very, very unique kind of run, run with things. I mean, you remember him at Florida and a lot of people were, a lot of people kind of like look at that team and they were kind of just like, somehow like that, that team was so troubled. I mean, you had guys like Aaron Hernandez on that team. <laughs> Who else was on that team? There was Urban Meyer on top of it all. <laughs> Urban Meyer was there. There was a lot of just like shady kind of stuff going down. There was someone else uh, on that I, team that, uh, I think the, uh, Pouncey twins might've been there yeah. or. It was something. It, it was like a very, like, very kind of just like, like very rough kind of culture. Like, you yeah. know, I mean, Aaron Hernandez killed people actually, yeah. Yeah. and he, I think he actually, sh there was a, he allegedly shot a guy in the face like while he was in college. Got the good Catholic boy in yeah, the center. Yeah, though. that's yeah, all that matters. You had the Jesus man at quarterback, <laughs> yeah. and he, and yeah. he, and he was able to will you to a national championship. He was actually on the Pats when all the Aaron Hernandez stuff went down. Oh I yeah, I remember seeing interviews of him like with the Pats gear, like talking about, oh, we're not allowed to talk about this. That was shocking. They were on the same college team, too. Yeah. And they were somehow on the same NFL team when it all went down. Briefly. Very, very briefly. Very briefly, but it happened. I mean, I remember, I remember when that thing went down. And I was – I, I, I honestly – like, there was, like, a moment where – do you remember, like, when, when you found out that the whole Aaron Hernandez thing went down? And, and you – like, what was your reaction when you heard that that happened? I was a little too young to, to remember um, – like the actual murders, but I remember when he died. I was on vacation, and I remember hearing it, and I was like, wow. It was just, it was yeah. shocking. It was like, he was amazing on the Patriots. He played in a Super Bowl for Scored us. Scored a touchdown. It's just gone. Yeah. It's just questions. Like, Dude, I, I mean, looking back at it now, he did it. Like, you can't argue oh, yeah, that he did it. He is so freaking guilty. Yeah. I remember at the time, though, I think it, I think I was 12, and I was just like, I was just like, he's being set up. He's being set up. <laughs> he's being set up. No way. <laughs> I, That's my hero right there. <laughs> I look up to that man, dude. I mean, I think around the same time I went to a Rob Gronkowski uh, football camp, and like on on the flyer there was there was a flyer for a possible Aaron Hernandez football <laughs> camp coming up. I didn't go, and it was like before it all broke. And I looked at it originally, and I was, I didn't think twice about it. And then I think like once the whole conviction thing, and like he was like actually found guilty, I picked it up, and I was like. That would have been that would have been an experience. That would have been that crazy. Would have, that would have been a real experience just to be like just to be like, hi, Mister. Oh, I just shot a guy in the <laughs> yeah. head. Yeah. Good thing you don't kill kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> any advice? Any advice for the kids, Mister Hernandez? Uh, I I don't think I can legally say. Nah. I, I don't think I can legally tell you my advice. If you go to Florida, you'll get away with it. <laughs> yeah, basically. And if you go to the University of Florida, they'll they'll try to they'll try to get you oh. you know on the national championship roster. Oh, they'll cover it up and keep injecting stuff into your ass and tell you to go back up there. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, true. Geez. It was in the documentary. Well, I mean, college football. You know, the, Florida. Oh, it's so messed up. Oh. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes that we just. Oh, never it is know so bad, dude. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much like Did shady. You see the uh, the Barstool podcast with Derrick Henry. I think I it's like oh yeah I know what you're talking. How much about. did you get paid? Who in your family got, got jobs? jobs? <laughs> what? What? He just didn't know how to answer. Were there strippers sent to your house? How how much money did you get? Like nothing. I made nothing. I made. You know what I got? I got these rings. I got these yeah. rings. And I'm just like, nah, ball, dude. I'm no calling way. ball. He he was arguably one of the top prospects at that time. Looking at like his high school stats and all that, dude. I mean, and you look at I mean, not even football. You look at you look at the whole college basketball scandal. You look at like what Louisville did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in twenty thirteen, where they were like paying like dancers to go, to come to the rooms and stuff. Yeah, like <laughs> that was so bad. Of course, they're gonna play better. Yeah, like, basically. No. Tino, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a that was a nightmare yeah. of a thing. Uh, dude, I remember back in sixth grade, I I bet on the Louisville team. I like we had like a March Madness like bracket thing, and our and our math teacher, uh, our, our math teacher, uh, Ms. Martell, she basically she did a like a bracket challenge and was like, if you select the winner, then we then she would then she gets you like an NCAA like style like just basketball like the type of thing that you can buy at Dick's. But she'd be like, hey, I bought you a basketball. Uh, so. Literally, like I, 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 literally was just filling it out, and I was just like, "Oh, Louisville's the number one seed in the top corner. I'm just gonna do that down. Louisville <laughs> is the champion." Yeah. And I remember just, I remember just seeing Louisville win it all. I was just like, <laughs> "Wow, it happened." That was the first bracket I ever filled out. I was, yeah. I was just, and I don't think I've ever gotten a bracket right since. 
Uh, the only one I've probably gotten since is just the fact that I do two brackets, one of who I think is going to win. And then like, I like, so one who I kind of think is going to win. And then, and then I do one where Villanova wins because they're my fucking, uh, <laughs> oh, they're my, sorry. Sorry about, sorry about language, uh, but they're my school in the, in the chip. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, and you know, they've, they've delivered the past, the past couple of years. So That's they kind of just deliver. Yeah. I mean, uh, but you know, actually kind of speaking on that, Brian's, uh, Brian's making a, a, a tourney run right now. I think oh. they're, I think they're the 14th seed right now. I'd love to see it. Dude. Yeah. I mean, not even a 16 seed. I, yeah, we're not even like one of those teams that co- that comes in. We have to face Duke. I mean, they're not even in it this year. But like, you know, like typically, like we're it, we'd be the type of team to come in and it'd be like, oh yeah, you're facing Duke. Uh, good luck. Yeah. yeah, you're you're gonna be you're gonna be dead. Uh, Zion Williamson is gonna have like eighty points on you. Yeah. It's but it's over. At fourteen, we'd be facing what a three seed. Uh, fourteen. Yeah, we'd be facing like a three seed or something like that. So I mean, I yeah, don't know who. That's, the th- that's gonna. Str- Maybe like a like a Michigan State or like or, or just Michigan or Michigan yeah Michigan yeah. or like uh, I don't even know so yeah that's actually a conflict of interest I mean I I'm a I'm a Villanova basketball fan but I'm also but I'm, then I'm a Michigan football fan but when Michigan's in the tournament and they're doing good and they're not facing Nova I root for Michigan yeah gotta. It, rooting for college teams is a very weird process like oh, definitely I mean at least for me like I like I love Michigan even though you know their football team has had a lot of troubles recently Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. He's got to figure some stuff out. But rooting for college teams is only hard because we live in New England. Oh yeah, I mean, if BC actually had a program, it'd be yeah. it'd be really cool to watch. Like, Academically, our colleges around here are, are great. Oh, but yeah, we kill sports, it. Sports, no, dude, not our thing, dude. Could you imagine if like if like obviously no COVID or anything, if we filled in like Bernie Stadium and it was like the size of like Ohio State? Oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like and like you take the field and you just have like some like you just have some like some like top of the line athletes. It's like it's like you have like. You basically have like Trevor Lawrence at quarterback, or like, or just like a guy like Spencer Rattler or whatever, and it's just like, it's like, oh, that guy's gonna be in the league one day. Like, this is freaking awesome, oh, man. That w- that would be awesome if we could have someone like that here, but dude, it's never happening. It's never happening. There's not that kind of school, dude. Yeah, no. I, I mean, d- dude, I mean, our logo is our motto is go books, go bulldogs. You got to be academics first, man. Exactly. But you know, we still do kill it in baseball. Yeah. We still kill it in a lot of other sports. Mm-hmm. You know. You know, maybe the dogs, you know, if they get all healthy, I know there was a potential outbreak with the squad. Uh, you know, if they hopefully, you know, get all healthy, you know, let's make a tourney run this year, boys. Come That'd on. Great, you yeah. know, Mike Green, let's have let's go off, man. You know, we'll, we'll try to get him on the show too. We'll try oh, to yeah. get a bunch of we'll try to get some of the Bryant basketball players yeah, on the I mean, show. I was in Pep Band last year. I loved watching people like Mike Green play. Dude, that guy, he he's really good. It would be awesome to have them on the show. Dude, I I'm going to try to, you know, pull some strings and see what we can do. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, kind of speaking on that, we were I was talking with you about this. We're going to be getting a. Uh, I was talking with you know the head of the radio show, uh, the head of the radio show Cole. He's going to be trying to set up a like we're going to try to get an unli- an unlimited Zoom account so that way our Zoom calls don't time out at forty minutes like like we're like average shows and like yeah. you know maybe we can actually do like some long interviews. Yeah. I've been in talks with uh you know I I mentioned this maybe prior but you know now that's getting closer to spring training and you know pitchers and catchers have reported I think it's a good time to do it now. Uh, you know, I might try to reach out to James Karinczak, the pitcher on the Indians, uh, see if he wants to come on. I got some, you know, we got some great options down the line. Yeah. Uh, we're re- it's going to be really fun to see what happens. Uh, but you know, uh, it's it's going to be a fun. It's going to be fun. <laughs> you yeah, know, definitely. Like, there's there's so many possibilities for the future here at Down to the Wire. But oh yeah, I mean, we got a new logo on the way. Yeah. Got some got some new stuff a coming. New logo, yeah. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. When when everything is all sorted out with that, it's gonna be a lot of fun, dude. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, you know, before we do end up going down to the wire tonight, uh, you know, and we we've been kind of we were saying that we were gonna start talking a little more boxing, a little more UFC before yeah. we end up going into, you know, before you know now that the NFL is officially in their off season that and that's usually a lot of our uh talking slate, uh, but so you know I think last weekend. I think it was UFC 258. I, I believe it was. Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and that the headline event was that was uh, you know Kamaru Usman. Uh, he was fighting against Gilbert Burns, and he he won again in in round three by TKO. Uh, it was a very good fight. It was actually a it was actually a pretty good fight to watch. I mean, uh, d- did you kind of watch the fight? Oh yeah, I actually wa- I watched it. Yeah. Um, first thing I thought was why are his veins popping so much he, he better not he better not get busted for taking something before that fight oh you think you think he's gonna get popped oh my god he 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 just looked like an animal man like, dude like I watched an Usman fight right the last Usman fight right before the the live Usman fight yeah and he looked like a different person like literally like an animal dude watching Usman is actually really cool so I mean 
you know, you see a lot of fighters, and like everyone obviously has the unique fighting style. Usman actually has a very unique fighting style, and I don't exactly know how to kind of how to kind of explain it for anyone who hasn't ever yeah. seen him fight. But for anyone who has who has seen him fight, he has he's very balanced, and he never really does too much. You know, a, a lot of fighters in the UFC, if they see an opening, they're gonna go for that like knockout punch. They're gonna be trying to you know really make that play. Usman doesn't necessarily have to do that. He always stays very balanced. I was kind of watching, watching. I was trying to be like, who kind of has that kind of upper body balance? And I don't. I'm not saying it by striking capability, but it, in a way, his like his up like right balance. It reminded me in a way of Mike Tyson's upright balance. Oh, you're right. He now, fights. He fights like a boxer. Now he now he, again. He also has extremely strong legs, and I'm not saying that he has the strike the striking capabilities of a guy like Tyson. Tyson could just absolutely cold clock guys. Mm-hmm. So not saying that, uh, but you know. Uh, what really, what you know, what I think really just helps Usman is the fact that he never do, does too much, and he you know stays very stable. He's just very balanced, and you know he lets his he lets kind of lets the, his opponents tire him out when they try to go in for the big for the kind of the big knockout. Yeah, he's definitely like the best I've I've seen in the UFC at picking his his punches. He picked definitely. He doesn't. You're right. He doesn't do too much. He has a very good center of gravity, and he's almost always flat footed. Yeah, he's never like you know guys are bouncing around, but I feel like that's what puts guys off balance most of the time. Yeah, sometimes if they catch it, very flat-footed, he moves his body more than he moves everything else, Mm -hmm. and it's cool to see like that boxing style in UFC because even the guys that are just good, like upright, like only hit, no ground game, um, even they don't have that that center of gravity that Usman does. Yeah, I mean he has a great center of gravity. I was seeing that and I was like, that is. That is an amazing, like that is amazing balance. It doesn't right look there. like he's gonna topple over like some guys do. No, like not at all. Uh, but you know, Burns got some good shots on in on him. Like there was like I forget what round it was. I think it was either the first or second because he went down in the third. Uh, there was a moment where he caught him. I think like on where he caught him like over the head, and you know he was stumbling backwards. I thought that like a lot of people it, at that point it looked like Burns might have had him, but you know. You know, and that's kind of how you have to beat him. You really have to, you know, get him. Once he's off balance, then you have a shot. But it's really tough to get him off balance. Burns kind of gave him a good fight. You know, it's going to be tough, dude. You know, I mean, he's got a lot of talent. I, I, it's going to. I mean, he's beat. I think he's like thirteen and zero in title defenses or something. I think like he is a very, he's very great with title defenses right now. Uh, I'm wondering who is he, who he's going to fight next. I think that um, uh, you know, there are some ideas of who of who. Who we, of who he wants to fight, I think. Um, uh, thinks, I think. I think it's Stephen Thompson or Spencer Thompson. I'm not 100 mm-hmm. percent sure. I'm forgetting the name. Uh, but I think. But you know, he's kind of beaten every big guy. You know, Jorge Masvidal, who I've you know praised for being an awesome UFC fighter. He took him out in a, in a decision. Uh, you know, I think uh, Colby Covington. He took him out. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just really kind of wrecking through that league right now, and he's doing really awesome. Uh, if he ever want, I mean, I, I guess he said on Joe Rogan's podcast that he wouldn't ever consider fighting a guy like Israel Adesanya. Uh, I'd love to see that happen. And he basically said that he respects the guy too much. Yeah. And, you know, it's really cool to see that kind of respect within fighting. I mean, you don't typically, you know, you'd think in a, in a sport where you want to like physically just, you know, almost beat the, beat the living, beat, beat the soul out of someone. You'd think that, um, uh, you wouldn't think that there'd be any respect to be had. But you know, he said he says that he has tons of respect for guys like uh, he has tons of respect for guys like Israel. He has respect for guys like I think Francis Ngannou, who he, I think that's who he was referring to. Uh, and he's just like he's like I have too much respect for that guy to fight him. Now, would I like him to fight him? It's only a 15 pound difference. I'd love to see them fight. That'd be an awesome fight to see. Uh, you know, because you know Israel Adesanya, the last style bender, he's got awesome he's got awesome you know punching capabilities. I'd love to see it happen. Oh yeah, that would be great. I'm not too familiar with who you're talking about, but yeah. Um... His he's having a fight I think coming up March sixth so okay. we'll ha- we'll end up watching him that's gonna be a really cool. good fight to That'll see. That'll be my introduction to him. Yeah, there's another <laughs> there's another good fight night happening this yeah. weekend. Um, uh, it's gonna be uh, I think it's Curtis Blades versus um uh, Derek Lewis, two very prominent heavyweights. That's you know you're gonna be seeing a lot of punches going on. I mean, you know, just seeing he- I mean just a heavyweight fight. You know, it it, it obviously hasn't had the panache it ha- it's had since guys like Muhammad Ali or Mike Tyson. You know, and that's obviously in boxing, and you know it's been kind of tougher to see it in the UFC. There's going to be a nice UFC championship fight between Stephen Miocic and Francis Ngannou coming up. That's going to be a cool fight to see. Uh, but you know, there's going to be a lot of cool stuff. There's going to be a lot of cool stuff coming up UFC wise. I'm really excited to cover the UFC. Oh, I mean, me just too. getting into it, it's really fun to watch. Oh, it's great because there's no there's no seasons. You know, oh it's yeah, just 
every few Saturdays there's a UFC fight. Pretty card. much, I think it's every. So I think they do. I, I don't know if it's every two weeks that they have a new UFC, but I, from what I checked, I go on. I, I was on uh, their ESPN page, and I think every Saturday they're doing some sort of fight night. They're yeah. doing something, and I'm just like. Like the fact that you have enough fighters to have that consistency to go on to basically go into the octagon and duke it out, and for them to be all like pretty well-known fighters. I think a man, I think Amanda Nunes is, is coming up soon. She's a yeah. really awesome fighter. Yeah. Uh, there's gonna be some really cool fights coming up soon, which are which is gonna be awesome to cover. You know, you got NFL on Sundays during the season. <laughs> you got college football on Saturdays, but UFC is really just taking over, dude. And at least I, for us, I think it's a, I think it's at least I it's definitely becoming a, a it's like, growing it's, in popularity. I'm I'm loving it. I think it's also a big COVID thing because it's like mm -hmm. you know I, I you know I think we we've all enjoyed uh, you know streaming some of the fights and just like watching that go down. It's been awesome to see, man. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's awesome. Uh, but you know it is I think currently 7:47. Uh, I don't know you know how how much we're, how much time we're gonna end up having left. Uh, but I think it is officially time to say that we are down to the wire. I'd say so, yeah. Yeah, so that means we're going to go through everything we talked about in this past uh, 47 minutes or so, and we'll end up sending you guys off for a nice weekend. So, excuse my drink right there, but uh, <laughs> we started things off in we started things off kind of explaining our situation. Typically, we're in the Koffler Center doing things, and we're streaming on the radio as well as everything else. But you know, we've done a couple shows here. But the main reason we're back here now is because. We are we are technically in an actual quarantine right now. This we on Facebook we titled this uh, "Down to the Wire uh, Quarantine Special" the sequel, uh, and we kind of gave it a fun little title. Carter, do you want to read that title? Brian and Carter take on quarantine again, but this time it's personal, yeah. and that's true. It is personal. I mean, it it personally affected us. And yeah, this is why this we're wasn't just a general quarantine. Yeah. We we you know we are officially close contact. So uh, until further notice, any shows that we do. Hopefully, we'll be taking place from here and not uh, from not from Cumberland House on a Zoom. I Cumberland mean, is the the isolation house. For yeah, for anyone who know. doesn't know, yeah, we yep. don't want to be going to isolation. So you know, we're lucky enough to be able to stay here, right in the suite and comfort of our, of our own home. So pray for us. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, pray for us. Uh, you know, obviously, we're also sending our prayers off to the people in Texas. Uh, winter storms are are crazy there right now. I mean, I I mean, we were kind of talking about it again. We were saying. Hope no one dies, like as Pat McAfee would say with anything when he regards to COVID. We hope no one dies. Yep. Uh, but you know, very kind of very funny. Not again, not funny. Jesus, Brian. Uh, <laughs> but very, you know, very uh, c conflicting situation down there. I mean, we have, um, uh, you know, a lot of people are without power right now. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I think one of the mayors had to resign because he told the citizens essentially to suck it up. And I'm just like, oh, I did see that. I'm, yep. I'm just like that dude has to have some I also family. Saw that on the rap TV page. So I don't know how <laughs> true it is, but yeah, true. Still. Yeah, anything off anything off the rap TV page, you got to <laughs> question a little bit. Yeah, uh, there, there's something else on the rap TV page. Well, I'll try to cover that Wednesday because that was a pretty funny topic. Yeah. Uh, but you know, then we, uh, but you know, in more somber news, we went back in the NFL and we covered uh, the tragic passing of Vincent Jackson. Apparently, he suffered from chronic alcoholism. His brain is going to be examined for CTE research. Uh, in uh, in uh, in lighter news in the NFL, we talked about Carson Wentz off to Indy. Philly's going to get a, a third round pick and a, and a second rounder that could potentially turn into a first. Uh, we talked about Pat Mahomes' Super Bowl incompletion making the NFL's top 100 plays of the season. Again, just a very weird, uh, just 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 very awkward to see. Bad marketing. Very bad marketing. I would argue. Uh, you know, it again. You just don't you just don't award bad plays. It's something that you can look forward, you can look back on, and be like, and again, be like. If Pat Mahomes made this play, that would have been awesome in the Super Bowl. Yeah. But, you know, he didn't make the play. And it makes me wonder how many of those 100 are going to be just Pat Mahomes incompletions. And that's the you thing. You don't know. I mean, Pat Mahomes has plenty of – Pat Mahomes had plenty of highlights this season to be in the NFL Top 100. This didn't need to be in there. Yeah, like, you know what some nobody would have done to, to have their touchdown at spot number 100? But oh, in, yeah. instead, it's Pat Mahomes making an incompletion. Yeah, and, yeah, there's probably some – there's probably, like, some dude who, who maybe made, like, a – like a who probably had like a stretch touchdown run. And he was t and he's play one oh one and he's just like you got to be freaking kidding me. Come on, man. Yeah, it's ridiculous. yeah, it was ridiculous. Uh, but then we, I kind of alluded to the NFL suffering from Mike Trout syndrome because they only know how to pump him up. Uh, we talked about the new fan control football league featuring Johnny Manziel, Quavo, Richard Sherman, and company. Uh, we talked. Uh, we mentioned Marshawn Lynch being on the call there. Very hum Marshawn Lynch was very uh, funny on that call. Uh, but we also and. But then we transit. Uh, you actually mentioned NFL news too. We talked about um, uh, what uh, Chris Hogan. Yeah, Chris, playing Chris Hogan, the pro lacrosse. Chris Hogan, the pro lacrosse player. We yeah. talked about that. 
Uh, and then we tra- and then we officially trans- transitioned over to baseball news. We talked about the Padres signing uh, shortstop Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, to a 14-year, $340 million contract extension. The guy's only 22. By the time it expires, the Mets are still going to be paying Bobby Bonilla, and LeBron's going to be 50. Uh, you know, that's how long this contract is going to be. Again, uh, like we were saying, guys like LeBron and, and like guys like LeBron and Brady could still be in the league at this point. I mean, they're they're kind of they're they're aliens at this point, so we yeah. really don't know. Literally, uh, we went on a very long topic of conversation regarding Tim Tebow uh, and his minor league career uh, in professional baseball coming to end. We also talked about some of his uh, some of his football, you know, kind of career highlights. We talked about college football in general. Uh, you know that was that was a very good kind of impromptu conversation that yeah. I enjoyed having. I wasn't expecting to have that tonight, uh, but it was really cool. But it was really cool to talk about. Yeah. And then uh, real quick before you transition over to UFC, there was one thing I brought up in the beginning of the show mm-hmm. that we didn't get to talk about. Yeah. Johnny Damon. Yeah. Johnny Damon arrested for DUI, <laughs> got pulled over. Blood alcohol content was three times the normal level. Dude, that's just Johnny for you. That's sad. That's just sad. That's just Johnny no, for but you. It really brings up a. A conversation that's not really had enough in sports and that's what do you do after you retire i've seen a lot of it on instagram this week with someone from the nfl retiring i can't remember his name putting out tweets that really just expose like the darkness of of not knowing what to do after you retire oh yeah they don't sports. they don't set you up whatsoever i mean i mean johnny damon has been has had a pretty solid retirement so far i think that you know he had, he kind of just went off the deep end here oh, i really don't yeah. know what happened yeah uh, obviously, you know, you hope he gets the help that he needs. Uh, being three times over the legal limit, that's not good. And, yeah, and, I mean, you know, it's not even about being a little tipsy and, and thinking he could drive home. You have to know that you can't drive home when you're three times the oh, legal limit. That yeah. is not yeah. good. The fact that he was even functioning is surprising to me. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, maybe he had one of those – maybe he thought he had one of those self-driving cars. You know, I don't know. Something like that, yeah. Dude, you know, Johnny Damon – you know, he was all—he was known for kind of being a goofball in in Boston. You know, this is a kind of a not a, not the greatest look. <laughs> no, it's really not. But no, it's honestly sad. And whatever that guy's going through, I wish him the best. Yeah, uh, same here. Hope hope that he gets the help that he needs. Uh, yeah. And then you know, we finished things off tonight talking about uh, Kamara Usman's uh, defeat over Gilbert Burns. Uh, he beat him in round three by TKO. You know, guy, the guy just you know amazes the fight world, the fighting world so far. Can't wait to watch more of his fights. He seems like a really cool guy. I I was watching him on Joe Rogan's podcast. You know, he, you know, he's, he, I mean, you know, he's very dedicated to his craft. He has a really good story, uh, and you know, he just seems like, you know, he just seems like he's a very passionate guy. I I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, that. it's really fun watching him and just UFC in general. I'm excited. Yeah. We can't wait to talk about more of this stuff on the show. Uh, we'll probably we'll be talking to you guys again on Wednesday. It's currently 7:53 p.m. We're gonna let you guys get started with your weekend a little er, with a, a little early. Uh, but I'm Brian Costa. And I'm Carter Adams. And this has been Down to the Wire. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Have a good one, guys. Thank you guys for listening.